Pittsburgh Steeler fans, what is up? Yes, it is Monday. It is hangover time. The first guy in is Michael O'Malley. What is up, Michael O'Malley? You know what we're doing here? It's the hangover. And you know what? It's not a bad hangover, hangover today. Yes, the Steelers have been eliminated from Super Bowl contention, but that's okay. Did we expect anything more? We we're hoping for a miracle. Did not come. That's no problem. But I love the fact that everybody on here and everybody that's going to be on here, and even if you're listening, not in the live chat, but you're listening later on in the week, you bleed your black and gold. You want to see where we go next. And it's going to be, it's something that you crave. The Steelers are a 24 7, 365 addiction. And I'm glad to have that one alongside me today. Well, my name is Brian Anthony Davis, by the way. Um, Shannon White's here from the great state of West Virginia. Um, Tony, who uh, never lived in West Virginia, but likes a good old mountain mama every once in a while. Um, Tony from Pittsburgh, PA. Got my what is going on, on fellas? What's that? I got my finger on the pulse. I'm in Pittsburgh. I got the, I'm, I'm the one with the finger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love it. What's going on, Tony? Um, it's cold and snowy and, and well, you know, you know, it's like that in Maryland and West Virginia too. It's, it sucks. Well, but that's, that's the worst part is, is the snow. I just came in and it's the ice yeah. and, and the winds in Maryland are supposed to get up to 50 tonight. Ugh. So whoo, what is going on in almost heaven? Shannon White. Just drifting snow. It's, hmm. it's, it, you know, with all these winds, it'll be like, Four or five inches over here and a foot and a half over there. So, <laughs> it's always right where you don't want it, right? At the end of the driveway. You know what I'm saying. So. <clears throat> so here we go. I could, you know, I could uh, relate to both of you guys because even though I'm a Maryland re resident, born and raised in Pennsylvania, nine years in almost heaven, West Virginia, Blue Ridge Mountains, Shenandoah River. <laughs> Love it. Uh, gosh. I had mount. I think I had mountaineer tickets right at the right time when they were really good, and I got to hear that song a lot. and And never did that song feel better than after a win and the whole stadium singing it. But let's talk about your Pittsburgh Steelers, my Pittsburgh Steelers, and yeah, forty two to twenty one. First quarter looked pretty good for the Steelers. You know, they they kept them. Uh, they kept the Chiefs out of the end zone. They woke him up though, and the defense woke him up by making a great play. And then, wow, it uh, it was woo downhill. It, it it was like like the first season of The Simpsons. Tony could relate to this. You know, you remember when he was going skiing? Yeah, <laughs> and Homer would go boom, 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 <laughs> boom, and keep on going down. That's what that game felt yeah. like yesterday. Once it got really going. did. But you know, now there's been a lot of criticism. Because and I was man, I was criticizing a lot yesterday. I did not think the game plan was imaginative at all, especially when you when you go ahead and you don't defer to the second half mm -hmm. and you take the ball, you gotta have a plan mm -hmm. and run, run, pass on third down <laughs> and punt doesn't that kills you and it killed them in that game. It it really did. I mean, this game might have even been different if they just had the ball back to start the second half. It might have not been. We don't know. But it was it was just tough. It was a tough game. Were the Steelers outmatched in this game? Yes. Controversy right now? I'm going to say it. I'll be controversial. Were they outcoached? No, not really. Because the players on the field yesterday wearing red were better than the players on the field wearing white. And that's the bottom line to it. A lot of people are ready to send guys, coaches away, players away. I know I was angry last night. I've calmed down a little bit. But, you know, we're going we're gonna to see some changes. There's going to be some changes. The Ben era is over, which is sad to me. But it's opening up from new beginnings. And this is the kind of team that doesn't have to go 4-13. and 13. You know, this is a team that could find a way to do it without Ben, and hopefully they will. I just hope with the salary cap money that they have, 
that they're able to do it the right way. And I think that starts with the offensive line, but that's me. That's my knee jerk reaction. Shannon, when that game ended <laughs> now, that could have been any time on the clock after eight 20 for you. <laughs> but when, when you realized that the dream was over, what was your immediate reaction of what needs to get done? I actually felt uh, a strange sense of relief watching the Steelers uh, the last few years. Uh, it's kind of like watching a, a a game where you have a family member participating because that's how big a fan of Ben Roethlisberger than I am. And anything that would happen negative, I'm like, oh, Ben's going to get criticism for that. He's going to get, you know, criticism for that. And I know I'm going to get aggravated when I start reading comments and having discussions. So the fact that they made the playoffs where they were so, they did not look like a playoff team in any way, shape, form, or function. I've not seen a Steeler team get blowed out that repetitively, that easily in one season. You know, everybody's like, well, the, the offense didn't do enough. They didn't give them, you know, they didn't possess the ball and they, they put the defense right back out there. I don't remember because I'm not quite old enough either. But if you look at the 76 Steelers, that's a dominating defense because their offense was lousy that year as well. But that defense, it didn't matter what positions the offense put them in. That defense just come out and dominated and imposed their will on the opposition. Because your offense sucks, it does put your defense in a bad position. But it's not the only reason. Kansas City scored, was it six straight times? And it was like, and it passed the touchdowns, and it was like cake. I mean, these guys were wide open. You know, just because your offense sucks doesn't mean that you can't cover somebody. And, and you know, that's why this – the pass rush has been so good for so many years now. It's covered up for the fact that the Steelers' coverage concepts are so outdated that they will no longer work in this this league, especially against an elite team like Mahomes and the Chiefs. If you watch that game, the Steelers offense, somebody said was playing checkers and the Chiefs was playing chess. <laughs> um, they're throwing to their backup tackle and at the goal line and, and underhanded passes and, and everything. Anybody they put out there looks like a superstar because it's easy to throw a pass to a guy who's wide open. Yep. And they do, they do not jam. The Steelers defense will not jam a receiver to save her life. They're scared to death of getting beat. Quick. Well, you're getting beat slow. It's either the death of a thousand paper cuts or, you know, take a shotgun shot blow to the chest. But it's they've got to be more aggressive. They've got to change up these concepts. I don't I think the both head coaches last night are great. But I do disagree with you, Brian, about the coaching ability of the offensive defensive coordinators from those two teams. The Steelers got severely outcoached. Disagree completely. You don't get I you know, you can talk about being out coached, but I've, I'm not going to agree with you on that. And a lot of people are going to disagree with me on that. But when you have players dropping two yard slants and when you have players not going, I mean, Chase Claypool does not know how to go up and get the ball in the right way in that position. As you pointed out, James Washington did. And, and we saw it. There was the, now the defensive scheme wasn't good. The offensive line wasn't good. Was it the fact that it was a scheme or the fact that these guys were terrible? And it's the fact that these the offensive line is terrible, and there's only a couple guys that are that are going to uh, really remain from that offensive line. Mm -hmm. So when I say that they don't get outcoached, it's not an X's and O's things is what I'm saying. It's the fact that you're saying checkers and chess. What I'm saying is, they're playing shoots and ladders because, you know, only somebody four and up would be able to, I mean, somebody under four years of age would, uh, is the only one that wouldn't have been able to uh, compete for the Steelers. It, it felt like there were seven year olds out there that just <laughs> could not execute. And you put guys on an Island and you put Ben Roethlisberger on an island. <laughs> has Ben Roethlisberger lost skills? Yes, he has. But that's what happens when you get old. 
my gosh, I'm squinting half the time. I was trying to do a puzzle and I'm, I'm putting <laughs> a flashlight on the puzzle today. You know, I mean, because my eyes aren't the same. I get it. Yeah, Ben is not the Ben. Uh, this is what happens in the league. It happens to everybody except for Tom Brady. But Tom Brady is artificial intelligence and he's animatronic. <laughs> I think he died 17 years ago. And now he's just an AI. So all I'm saying is Najee Harris was on an island. You had guys, you had guys on the defensive side of the ball that were absolutely amazing last night. Watt, Hayward, Fitzpatrick. But when you don't have help, you don't have help. Yeah. So you could you could have given that team, that Steelers team to the Kansas City Chiefs coaching staff, they would have not done much better. Is what I'm saying. So that's my definition of not being outcoached. Um, Tony, your thoughts on me. And please don't think I'm yelling at Shannon because I'm not. I love Shannon. I'm just <laughs> going to disagree with Shannon. Uh, Tony. Uh, it was they, they were they were outclassed. I mean, they just they weren't those two teams didn't really belong on the same field. I mean, uh, it reminded me of, of Chuck Knowles last year. It was a game in the middle of the year. They were playing Washington. They're watching a football team um, now. <laughs> And uh, Mark Rippon and, and that, that the Hogs and that, that, that great offense. It was an offensive machine. And the Steelers were just an average team. And I'm thinking, oh, they're going to they're gonna be able to hang with them. And it was over before halftime. It, it, was just, it, was, it was that kind of a performance. And when I saw what I saw three weeks ago, I kind of knew last night's game would, 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 would go pretty much the same way because it, it, the NFL is all about matchups. And, you know, the Chiefs, would they, you know, they have the best offense in the NFL and, and they, they could beat you so many different ways and they have great coaching and they have great everything. And the Steelers just don't have uh, the same kind of talent they had even you know, five years ago, at least on offense. The defense is better, but the defense was compromised in 2021 because of injuries, because of some free agent defections. So overall, um, the Chiefs, you know, they're the best in the business and the Steelers are in a rebuilding mode. You know, they tried to do two things at once in, in, in 2021. And we talked about that. They tried to remain competitive. That's why they brought Ben back and they wanted to give him a, a fair send off, but they were also rebuilding, you know, look at how many, how many rookies contributed heavily for them in 2021. And, you know, uh, what you saw last night, it, it, you know, it wasn't really, you know, I'm sure coaching had a little bit to do with it. It always does, but it was mostly about the talent. And, uh, you know, when, when you have, when you have a, a brand new offensive line, when you have a, a perhaps an offensive coordinator that, that, that isn't in on, on the same page as, as the quarterback because they're they're from two different schools of football, uh, you know, the offense people are talking about the offense not not being able to help the defense out, but the offense didn't help the defense out all year, not mm -hmm. one time. So what makes you think that suddenly they were going to be able to to help? Uh, the, the defense out last night uh, in the playoffs. Um, it, the, the best way for the Steelers to win that game was to, to keep it ugly and keep it close. And that was on the defense. I'm sorry to say, but it was on the defense to keep it close. That was their job. They're the, they're the better side of the ball. They have the defensive player of the year. They have Cam Hayward. They have Joe Hayden. Uh, you know, they, they're not what they were a couple of years ago. They're not what they were last year, but they are the better started the ball and, and, and they had to make more plays on defense and they did make a couple plays early, but once the chiefs got going, uh, they, they, they couldn't stop them. And at some point you have to stop. You have, you have to, to if, if you're an elite defense or, or you want to be an elite defense, you have to, you have to be able to stop an elite offense. And, and they couldn't do that. They scored just two touchdowns at the end of the first half. The one was third and 20 to Kelsey and that was it right there. The game was over right there. 21-7. They, they weren't getting back in that game. Yeah, you know, I'll agree with you partly on all that. And I, I agree with you. But how much could the uh, the defense do when it's three and out, three and out? Oh, wow, maybe a five and out. Woo! And then a, then a few more three and outs. And, well, you know, they're, they're holding on so much. They forced two turnovers from an elite offense. And then next thing you know, it's just like the damn breaks with no help from the other side. I mean, I'm thinking if they score just once in the for first quarter or early in the second quarter and they get that turnover and they're up 14 nothing, this is a different kind of ball game. There's there's a momentum switch. When did you let me start with Shannon on this one. And actually before I do that, I don't want to lose these super chats, so let me do this. 
Um, Greg W gives us five dollars. <laughs> Eighteen games in, Ben and the receivers are still unable to be on the same page. Why? That I think Tony just answered that, and Tony basically said that the uh, coordinator and the quarterback were never on the same page. Nope. And the thing about that to me is yesterday, a lot of people were saying fire Canada, fire Canada. I don't know where I am with, with Matt Canada. I mean, they kind of go back and forth on it, but the thing about it is how much of it is been overrolling Canada an 18 year vet overrolling a one year offensive coordinator. Maybe that's part of it. I don't well, know. We don't know. Well, what you saw last night, what you saw all year is what you saw last year. And that's two, two yard passes. So it didn't really, the offense with, with the exception of a wrinkle here and there, didn't really look much different than it did last year under Fickner. So maybe it is Ben calling shots. And when, when they head into, if they keep Canada around next year, maybe his offense will be on full display with a different quarterback. We'll see. Shannon, what do you want to do with the offensive coordinator? He didn't have, based on his collegiate uh, past history, he did not have the roster uh, talent on the roster to fit his offense, which I'm sure that when they had their team meetings and they were interviewing him, thinking about giving him that position, he was like, I can make it work. Me and Ben can work together. But you, as you said earlier, yeah, I, I do believe they were outcoached, but they also – the talent disparity was hideous. It was it's unbelievable. Uh, again, that the stores made the playoffs with the lack of talent they had this year. Um, so the problem is they have a need, severe need for speed, and for an influx of of talent all across the the roster. You only have so much draft capital, and if you look at how many players and positions that they're going to have to re-sign or refill, they don't have as much salary cap as you think they do. So it's going to take some really shrewd business decisions this offseason to remain competitive and not have a 4-13 season. Because, you know, again, they won nine games, seven of them game-winning drives, you know, by being in the offense. That ain't going to be there next year. Uh, there's not going to be a scapegoat. There's going not going to be anybody to blame. So it's going to be everybody. And so I don't know if Canada did enough this year when they did all their motions and everything. The only people it confused was the rookies. Hmm. Last night they did a few shifts, and then Ben's had to reset again. They get down to snapping it with two one second, and they had a false start. I think it was on Firemuth. It just confused him. They did another one. Firemuth ran the wrong route. Ryan Switzer was on Twitter during the game, and he's like, oh, I know what that was supposed to be. That's supposed to be an 18-yard out. And then if you remember, Firemuth went in, being threw it out, and, you you know, you're standing there like, how could it still be happening? Well, you got all these young guys, you know, and there is such a thing as a wide receiver coach. There is such a thing as an offensive coordinator. Um, and it, it just didn't work. So I don't know what to do with Canada. That's going to be up to the, the you know, obviously the Steelers uh, and the Roonies to figure that one out. But uh, even with the guys coming back, they do not have the talent to run his offense. That's for certain. I think if you put Ben Roethlisberger on the Cleveland Browns this year, then this team goes deep into the playoffs. Yeah, they could have protected him. Yeah, <laughs> protect him. He's mm-hmm. he. And they've got they could open holes, mm-hmm. you know. So I I just really think that's that'd be a different situation. You put Baker Mayfield on the Pittsburgh Steelers, that team's two and two and fifteen. Yep, I can honestly that's <laughs> that's what I can say in my head, and I know that's something we've talked about with uh, Dave Schofield before too. Uh, let's bring up Tyler W. Uh, man, I can't speak today. Tyler W. <laughs> Um, I'm of two minds on coaching chiefs with Mahomes have torched just three times in a row. I was at the first one. Yeah, that was dreadful. That's a trend, but also Mahomes to Kelsey is the best duo in football. My gosh, that's, they look like Montana and rice, but it's 14 and Oh, 14 touchdown passes 
in three games in zero interceptions. So he did, you know, what tipped that one and, and uh, Bush got that one last night, but so 14 to one. And yeah, I mean, it didn't matter who Mahomes was throwing to Kelsey's great, but Pringle who did nothing all year, lit the Steelers up twice. Uh, every guy they had looked like, you know, a superstar because Mahomes is throwing the ball to them, but they're wide open. So again, I, I think that goes back to to uh, scheme and the amount of the lack of talent, speed they have a cornerback. Very well. So I'm the kind of guy that I'm thinking that you know everybody's talking about drafting a quarterback this year, and that might be something that they do. But I'm also of the mentality is you need to fix offensive line badly, and you need to. You need to get a corner too, mm-hmm. and, and if there's a if there's a top talented corner, you might go and do that first. If there's a great offensive tackle, I mean everybody's fallen in love with uh, Linderbaum. The problem with Linderbaum is though that he might be gone in the in the top ten. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, there's some people saying sign a veteran quarterback. Yeah, and you it might can. be. It might be what they, what they, what some of the rumors you've heard the last couple of days, they might have to, you know, you can't fit, you can't do it all in one year. And they did some of it last year. And, and in my opinion, they, you know, between last year and the year before, they at least found 40% of a new offensive line with Dan Moore and, and, and Kevin Dotson. Uh, you know, and, and of course they, they had to dress it running back. They had addressed tight end. And this year, you know, if, if drafting 20th, they might not be able to go up and or find a, uh, legit franchise quarterback or what they think is a legit franchise quarterback in the first round. So maybe you go with a Mason or, or see what you have with Dwayne Haskins or you bring in a, a veteran stopgap quarterback and you address these other needs. You, you continue to address the offensive line, cornerback, uh, line inside linebacker, you know, so it's, it, you know, people have to remember the offensive line, that great offensive line that they, that they had for a number of years, that, that didn't happen overnight. It started in 2010 with Pouncey. And it really wasn't complete until they brought in Munchak in 2014. It took them several years to bring those uh, those those studs in, and, and you know they had to get lucky with, with Ramon Foster. He was an undrafted free agent, no nine, and he became a starter in 2011. It took a long time for them to rebuild that line. So for people to think they were going to totally revamp that line last year, get rid of all those guys, and bring in five guys and have it all work all at once, <laughs> that was unrealistic. So in my opinion, they got 40. percent They got a left tackle, which is maybe the hardest guy to find i'm really intrigued by dan moore and everybody loves kevin dotson now just the question is can uh kendrick green uh somehow make a leap uh because he struggled mightily his rookie year uh where they gonna do at right tackle obviously they need to do something at right guard because they're probably not going to bring back back trey turner so there's a lot of uh questions but they weren't going to be solved all last offseason anyway and they're probably not going to be solved this offseason, it's going to be, it's going to take a number of years. That's what that's re- rebuilding. It's, it's unfortunate, but that's just how it is. Well, I tell you what, I'm not concerned as much about who is going to be the quarterback next year. I'm more concerned about the offensive line. I'm concerned about the defensive line. I don't care if you bring Drew Locke in here, man. I don't care wow. if you bring Case Drew Keenum Locke. in here. <laughs> you, know, you know, I mean, I'd love to have a guy like, like Derek Carr. But the problem oh, me too. with problem bringing in a Rogers or a Wilson and, you know, by the way, Ian Rappaport's garbage. <laughs> that guy, <laughs> that guy gets it right. 30% of the time and bringing them out the day of a playoff game to shut up, you know, stop. Everybody knows they're not going to go after uh, Russell Wilson or Aaron Rodgers, And the reason being is because you can't afford to trade for those guys when you don't have the offensive line. You need, you need to keep your draft capital too. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I could really see them bringing in just an average guy, a case. Uh, you saw what case Keenum did with other teams and you have Najee Harris there. You work on the line, you bring somebody in from free agency and you draft somebody, you bring somebody in from free agency in the defensive line. And they liked, they like to bring uh, corners in from free agency. They'd rather do that than draft, you know? So there is a, uh, there is so much, there is so much there. Can, can but, I ask you guys a question? Sorry. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, I've been sitting here in this all the last few days, like people, you know, cause there's some possibilities that Jimmy Garoppolo will, will be available because, because of Trey Lance. And of course 
uh, Derek Carr, he's all he's always a uh, in that rumor uh, mix that, that to to be available and and people say, oh, I don't want either one of those guys. Well, why not? Either you want a good quarterback or you don't, and those guys are good quarterbacks. They're not going to go to the Hall of Fame, but they're good quarterbacks. So either you're not going to get Aaron Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson for the reasons you just said. Uh, so either you 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 draft a a a guy in the first round and, and throw him in there right away and, and hope that he that, that he's not a train wreck and he, you can develop him over two or three years, or you bring in a, one of these second tier guys, which would be a Derek Carr or or a Jimmy G. So my prob my question is, you know, all these quarterbacks that people throw out there, these veterans, like, oh, I don't want that guy, he's garbage, but they're not garbage. They're good quarterbacks and they can run an offense. So if you're looking for a stopgap measure, that's probably the best you're going to do. And I don't understand what's what's wrong with either one of those guys. If, if you're if you want to if you want um, to be competent at the quarterback position next year, those two guys would be fine, in my opinion. I'd be very happy with a Jimmy G or a Derek Carr. I think that's yeah. the best that's out there right now. Really right. is. I mean, I'd look at Kirk Cousins and not have a problem bringing that guy in either. Mm -hmm. You know, I would not have a problem with that because you're not you're not going to get the pick of pick of the litter. Right. You know, you're when you're going, you're not going to get the the best thing out there. You're not going to get a superstar in on free agency. But yeah. if you follow the Tennessee Titans way of doing things, nobody raised any kind of commotion. When this team, the ten, the the Houston, excuse me, the Tennessee Titans, when they brought in Ryan Tannehill, now Ryan Tannehill has a chance to lead this team to a Super Bowl, possibly. Yeah, they've been contenders for two years, and they've been years. contenders, and they have a running game. And so, when you look at bringing in Ryan Tannehill in with a team that has a stud running back from Alabama, a more you bring in a marginal quarterback. And you have a stud running back from Alabama, like Ryan Tannehill did with Derrick Henry. Look at the Steelers. You bring in a guy like that that is thrown away from another team, but has a lot, has the pedigree and has the potential, and needs needs a uh, needs a new place, a new lease on life. Well, you have that because you've got that stud running back from Alabama named Najee Harris. You've got receivers that that are competent. They need to get better. They need to grow. But that's the kind of guy you bring in. So, I mean, let's not be uh, – if we're going to be beggars, don't be choosers. Get a competent guy. Yeah. And I'm not ready. Look, I love Pitt. I went to Pitt. I love Kenny Pickett. I don't love him in black and gold, though. It's just I think a 50-year senior could be fool's gold because he wasn't expected. I mean, the beginning of the season, he was expected to be maybe a fourth or, or third rounder at best. Now, I mean, now he's uh, he could go in the top 10, which yeah. I, I hope he does. I think that's great. He's going to go in the top 10 for sure. But wait, you know, wait. I wouldn't get too caught up on this guy let's talk about we're talking about the salary cap too i want to bring up snowman who is now five dollars less under the salary cap now mm -hmm. because he just gave it to us according to overcap.com the steelers will have 41 million dollars under the cap next year wow that's some nice stuff think about this i i don't know shannon you might know this a little bit better than me the guy who i really ask these questions to dave schofield but what happens if they don't bring back if two, it doesn't come back next year. Do you get some salary cap savings with him? Cause I don't know if he's coming back. So different things could happen. You have guys like you guys have guys like Zach Banner that might not be on the roster next year. You might see them making more cuts and having more salary cap. I I'm not, I'm dense when it comes to the salary cap. So you know how I handle the, the salary cap guys. Hey, Dave, it's bad. <laughs> What's going to happen in this situation? Well, I'll tell you, Brian. And then he then he goes into it, and then my head starts spinning. But because he's got all this great information, um, so all I all I'm saying is, man, I don't think quarterback is the biggest problem right now, and I've been starting to think that for a while. Well, you can you can build the team, as I said before last week, the Bengals. 
built a team from the skill positions and then filled in the offensive line the best they could with free agency. Brilliantly. And yeah. And yeah. and now they're in the second round of the playoffs. And the and so it can be done. There's no certain way or formula, magic formula to do it. And the Steelers have got some pieces to build around. My article tomorrow, the stock report, covers a lot of this because they've got some really good talent, a few building blocks, but they got a whole lot more question marks than they have answers. And so it's going to take a little bit of time. I don't believe this is going to be a one-year complete rebuild. They can show improvement, obviously, and, and, and build the team. But like you said, they need to focus in certain areas uh, to build that offensive line, uh, to find a backup running back, to take some of the pressure off Harris because he cannot get 381 touches next year. Uh, he's just gonna you're gonna wear him out. By the time he is, you know, you get build the line around him and get a quality team, he's gonna be <laughs> wore out. And, and we've seen that happen in the past. So they're they just have to make. They can't follow a certain formula, but they got to make them shrewd business decisions, as we talked about earlier. The the quarterback situation, uh, to answer Tony's question, I agree. A guy like Derek Carr, uh, I really like him. I think he would be an upgrade uh, over Rudolph. But the problem is uh, he's not a fit for Canada's offense. Uh, Mariota would be a, more of a fit. Uh, if, if, let's say, the Ravens, that Lamar Jackson don't like Kevin Huntley breathing down his <laughs> neck because Huntley, you know, actually threw the ball better than Jackson this year at times. And Huntley's can move, you know, and so he might be like, I don't want him behind me. Mm-hmm. We've seen it happen. You know, Brady said, get Garoppolo out of here. And, and that can happen. And if he become available, he could run Canada's offense. So that's the next decision they're going to have to make. I think before the draft, in the free agency, they need to decide what they're going to do with Canada. Very, very good. I mean, this is something that we are going to be talking about all the way until uh, the uh, middle of March mm-hmm. when we get the free agents, and then we're going to be talking about the draft and looking at it there. The thing about the Steelers, though, I mean, I have been around this team a long time, and I've never seen them have to really rebuild. I've seen them more reload. No, they, they've had some, they had those seasons like 85 and 86. Mm-hmm. That's and, great say. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they, they've had some bad seasons, but it wasn't, it's never been a situation where they've had to just start from scratch and it be a five, mm-hmm. seven year plan. And the, I, I don't worry about that. So to end the quarterback discussion, I'm going to just ask you this real quick. L- let's make this rapid fire. Mason Rudolph in 2022. Is it the worst thing in the world if it happens? Tony? No, I don't, I don't think it's the worst thing. I think it might, I think, you know, a whole year when he knows he's the man might, might be, uh, might be good for his confidence. Even if it's not, even if he can just, even if he could just hold down the fort, you know, we saw a Mason Rudolph team almost make the playoffs and a Duck Hodges team almost make the playoffs. So, there you go. Shannon? If they use this this next year to build that offensive line and, and improve the team speed and the secondary, uh, and, and, the, and that would cost the Steelers having to have Rudolph as a starter for one year, I could get behind that. Hey, do me a favor, everybody out there. If you do put a super chat in and it's a while before I answer it, say, hey, bad. Did you forget my super chat? Monster 199. Man, did Hayden look bad out there? Mm-hmm. Do, you, do you agree with that, Shannon? Because oh, I uh... he, since he came back from the injury, I, I wrote about it in the soccer report again. Hayden, it seems to me he lost a lot of enthusiasm this season because he wants to be a Pittsburgh Steeler and they did not give him the extension he wanted prior to the season. And he said that it emotionally affected him this year. It, he was very disappointed. He's a lifer. He's like Juju. Juju comes back and plays in that game yesterday. It was all risk, little reward, because he had to know what was going to happen. But he wanted to play for the Steelers. 
he wanted to play with me in one more time. I believe Hayden has that kind of love for the organization. But as a cornerback, when you get in your early 30s like that, sometimes you just fall off the ledge. I remember Rod Woodson, after he come back from that miraculous knee, you know, to play in the Super Bowl, and then the next year, he, he you know, when he go up against some really good speed, and, you know, Woodson can fly, but he couldn't turn his hips and change direction as fast as he used to. So he'd bite on double moves, and he kept getting burned. So the stewards were like, hey, man, we love you. You're awesome. We want to move you to safety. And he's like, oh, no, cornerbacks make a lot more money. So I don't want to move to safety. And he said, well, you know, give me another year. And I'll be so they had their issues, and he ended up going to San Francisco. Well, guess what happened in San Francisco? He kept getting torched. <laughs> so he played there one year. Then he ends up with the Ravens, and guess what? Safety. And he's a Hall of Fame cornerback and safety because that's how good he was. And but, not just there, but in Oakland, too. Yeah, they just wanted him to do what was best for him. But he, but you know, you can understand it's a pride thing and it's a money thing. But Hayden. It was already starting to show somewhere, but then when he got hurt, it was his foot, if I remember. Yeah. And he tried to come back. From that first game he come back, he was getting torched. And he was he was having to play even farther off. One time last night, I showed my wife, you couldn't even see him in the screen. He was playing so <laughs> far off. I said, she said, is anybody covering? I said, yeah, he's playing that far off, giving a cushion because – he realized, and you see what happened when he got matched up. He got beat, beat over the top instantly. So yeah, he he didn't. He was a shadow of himself last night, and you hate to see that. But man, that happens with with cornerbacks of that age group. I agree, and Tyler W also agrees. Uh, Shannon, for something earlier, we have a need for speed at cornerback and with the new top gun movie coming out this year <laughs> there you go speaking of my favorite movies i'm going to bring up christian johnson here the only reason he says sign kirk cousins i don't have a problem with that that's david hasselhoff ain't it it's not hasselhoff that's the reason i'm bringing <laughs> it up this should be your new offensive coordinator it's john crease from cobra kai oh okay i couldn't say it good no so mercy <laughs> No mercy. Strike first. So, Strike first. what do you right. think? Should I, I love go it. Ahead? <laughs> there there it you is. go. Eagle Fan Karate, though. I, I'm, I'm, I, I think that, that might be a good one, too. Man, I got so excited putting my Cobra Kai stuff on that I just knocked my headphones off. Um, so, you're an Eagle Fan guy, Tony? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah so am I. I. I'm definitely an Eagle Fan, but there's something about Crease that that uh for no, my 50th good. birthday party i went as john crease and i walked around with the gi on like this <laughs> he's such a good actor that guy there is no there there is no pain at this 50th birthday party is there <laughs> yes sensei a little bit so, so yeah there's a lot of pain um but anyways so <laughs> you, you gotta make it make it uh fun our, uh, I don't know if she went to the game yesterday. I know she went a couple weeks ago, but our good friend Kathy Ford, one of the originals here, and we just we just love Kathy in the live chat. Um, I hope you didn't go to that game yesterday. One, it looked like you would have froze. And two, I mean, two defeats like that three weeks in a row. I mean, I mean in three weeks, Ugh, you don't want that. So $7, she gives 4 7 And, you know, th that's it. I mean, we could say all we want about Ben. We, I mean, man, he gave us a, a great 18 years with this team. So for number seven, that was, I just gave seven claps. Um, but thank you, Kathy. Oh, yep. Yeah. I, I love it. Um, look, we, I want to talk about the receivers real quick because the receivers helped, helped let us down in that game yesterday. However, I'm not ready to run Deontay Johnson out of town. I was mad at Deontay Johnson last night. Oh, I was really mad at him. Oh, I woke up not as mad at him today. I get it. But my gosh, you catch one of those slants. That could be that could be a different game. Especially that first one. I think he could have went the whole way on that first one. I I worry about Deontay Johnson being a little fragile as far as when he's when he he doesn't forget. I think he plays with so much passion that he does not 
forget his mistakes and he doesn't want to do it again. Um, so, but I'm not ready to get rid of this guy. I'm not ready to get rid of Chase Claypool either. No, I, uh, I think, uh, I think some adjustments need to be made with those guys. And I could actually say that if they could find a way to, and he kind of mentioned it in his post-game press conference or in interviews, he, you know, he'd like to be back being Juju Smith-Schuster if they had, if they have a good quarterback situation. So he's watching the quarterback situation. And I would say about Juju is, man, he plays with, uh, you saw him making blocks yesterday. Mm -hmm. He caught five balls yesterday. Yeah. I mean, did he do anything? No, I mean, my gosh, the guy was on the shelf since September 29th, (laughs) you know, and I thought that was, I thought that's the kind of guy that gets a game ball. (laughs) You know what I mean? For, for what he did on offense, just, just the comeback. I think it's hard for me to say for a guy that we've accused of being immature a lot in 2020 and for good reason. But when he gets on that football field, there's a high level of maturity for Juju Smith-Schuster. And Mm -hmm. I think, I, I think he separates it. And a lot of us really don't think that he separates it, but I do. And I'd love to see him back because Juju this year, could be a difference in a in home field advantage. They win the division if Juju's there. I can honestly say that. They probably win the division because they win maybe one more game and don't tie another. You know, so I I would say that, but I mean, we don't know for sure. I mean, we we know that might never happen. I mean, for us to ever find out. But all I can say is there's a lot of heart left on this team. Make the adjustments that you need to make and you don't have to go too far to rebuild. But I'm going to ask you guys this. You have the ability to make one move. It could be anything. It could be fire somebody. It could be promote somebody. It could be bring in a draft somebody. Now, when you say, when I'm saying draft somebody, You've got to be realistic with it. You, you can't say, oh, I'm going to get that Hutchinson guy from, <laughs> from uh, Michigan. No, he, he's not going to be there. Um, whatever you think, bring it on a free agent. What is the move that you make? And who wants, I'll let you guys fight to go first on this one. You go ahead, Shannon. Yeah, I, yeah, I was going to say the same for you. <laughs> um, because I really don't know the answer. I, I would have to. Uh, I, t- I take that very seriously uh, because I know that one move's not going to make that big a difference uh, when you have this many needs. But uh, you know, like I would not pursue a Aaron Rodgers or a Russell Wilson uh, or any high-priced quarterback for that matter uh, due to the shape of the offensive line and what it would do to their. Uh, again, the salary cap looks better than it actually is uh, because of, you know, how much they're going to have to spread that out. You know, Minka Fitzpatrick's going to come due very soon. And um, so, but one thing I would do would be to uh, try to work something out and solidify Fitzpatrick so that you do have, you know, an elite defender on all three levels and, and try to build around them guys. Tony, your one move. It's not going to fix everything. Well, I, but what's I your first move? I mentioned earlier, I think I think they have they have uh, there's a lot to be uh, optimistic about when it comes to Dan Moore and, and and obviously everybody loves again, everybody loves Dotson. I think everybody believes in Kevin Dotson. He just got hurt at the end of the year. Uh, it happens. I would go out and and sign a right tackle. That's that would go a long way in fixing that line because then you would have what three fifths of it in place theoretically obviously Dan Moore he's only a rookie so you know who knows what's going to happen he might regress next year hopefully not hopefully he improves that's what you want to see uh so you'd have three-fifths of that line uh and that you know, a veteran a veteran guy maybe a guy who's ready up for his rec his uh, second contract uh not not a, not like an old guy but like a guy who's who's coming into his prime you might have to spend a lot for that but, but you know not not a crazy amount I don't think so then that's what I, that's what I did. And then you would, 
have to figure something out at center and right guard and between green and Hassenauer, maybe, maybe uh, one of those guys will be up for the challenge. I think, you know, a, a lot of people were impressed with Hassenauer down the stretch uh, filling in after green got benched. So that's what I would do. A, a right tackle. Again, you can't fix everything, but if you fix, if you, if you can improve that line, and we've seen this the last two years, uh, the, the, the part of the reason why this offense has been so dreadful is because the, the line's been so bad. So, you pick, you, you bring a guy in like that, and and I, th- I think you're on your way. So what's I want to bring up this live chat here, Tony, and I wasn't going to go ahead and uh, I wasn't going to come in on this this exercise, but Tyler W gives us two dollars. Aditi, who is Adita Kinkawala, did I pronounce that right? Kinkawala reported Butler's going to retire when we're talking about defensive coordinator Keith Butler. So when I saw that, I I immediately went to the Google machine here and I found this from uh, this was the report from Aditi, but it's on the spun. It's also on 93.7's website. One longtime Steelers assistant who predates his arrival in the Steel City is reportedly retiring too. Apparently on 93.7, the fan, Aditi Kinkabwala from the NFL Network, reported that Steelers defensive coordinator Keith Butler is expected to retire. Butler has served in the role since 2015, following the departure of Hall of Fame assistant Dick LeBeau. So if that happens, this is all I'm going to say. I like some of the things that Terrell Austin has done. However, you go outside and you get the best veteran defensive coordinator that you can get. If Vic Fangio doesn't go to another team, you at least interview him. Brian Flores, somebody mentioned before that they'd love to have Brian Flores. I would love to have Brian Flores. You're not going to get Brian Flores, likely, because Brian Flores should be a head coach somewhere. He should be, I think he's the top free agent coach right now. So there's, I think you look outside of the organization, if this is true, and you bring in a defensive coordinator. Please be careful with hiring from within. Mm-hmm. I I know, you know, I had a manager tell me years ago that sometimes when the, when the ship's going down, you get rid of everybody. And I was the <laughs> assistant manager at the time. <laughs> and I convinced him. I convinced him to hire from within and keep me. Worked out for me. I ended up winning on awards, and I was I was uh, promoted even outside of that job. Um, this was years ago. This was 20 years ago with a rental car company. But what I'm saying here is that doesn't always work. And in this situation, you know, it's not Butler that's the complete problem because you have a guy like Terrell Austin doing the schemes and even Mike Tomlin getting involved there, too. So I would bring in a guy like that. I love the idea of the Hall of Fame having a position, having an award for assistant coach. Because I tell you what, if you were to do that, you would put guys like Wade Phillips in the Hall of Fame. You would put a guy like Norv Turner in the Hall of Fame. You're going to put a lot of these guys that were great coordinators but not great head coaches. And I think there should be room for a coordinator in the hall of fame. And that's what I think they need to do. I think a guy like Fangio is a better defensive coordinator, a great defensive coordinator, but not as good as a head coach. Shannon, you, your finger was up. I was just going to say how many we've all worked with people that get promoted above their capabilities. And as you say, there's some guys that are great coordinators, but they don't need to be head coaches and, uh, or maybe they're a great positional coach like Butler. He's great with linebackers, but as a defensive coordinator, he was, you know, from LeBeau, he's the holdover. He was his assistant. They wanted to keep that. And they're like, well, Butler knows that we're going to promote him. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. It's worked as far as the pass rush goes. And when he has the horses, you know, uh, Lou to it, it works with the, and you know, even Bush when he was healthy, the run defense was much better. This year it fell apart because of a lot of who they lost. But I just think that, you know, you mentioned Brian Flores. 
you know, it's incredible. They won, I think, eight games in a row after starting like one and eight, and then they won eight games in a row. And you, you say, well, how could they fire him? But then you start to – the worst thing you could be as a coach in today's NFL with free agency is you you want to be – have you don't want to be a reputation of not being a player's coach or, or, or difficult for players to deal with. They said the reports come out that why they fired Flores is because he said um, Tua Tagovailoa. I know I'm saying his name wrong, but he he told him he said if I knew you was going to be this bad, I wouldn't have drafted you. And he said it at halftime of a game. Well, that's Ooh. supposed to be your franchise quarterback. And this was reported by different players and all. If you can't say that to the guy who's going to be. Because, you, you know, the head coach and the quarterback's got to have a special relationship. So if the Dolphins, if you're going to go forward and you're going to keep Tua, you can't keep Flores or, or the vice versa. And uh, so I think a lot of times, you know, when we see something and it doesn't make sense, it's because we don't know the whole story. And I didn't know if y'all had seen that report that come out. Mm-mm. But then it, then it made sense to me. I did not, and I'm glad you brought that up. Just me ask this question, and it's it's about Ben Roethlisberger as we're going to wrap up with Ben Roethlisberger here. How long do we have to wait for Ben to get into the Hall of Fame? Need to schedule my vacation time now. So it's five years. So I would probably think you would be looking at the 22, 23, 24, 25, 26 season. So after the 26 season, so maybe in 27 or 28. I know he's first ballot, but I get a little hazy on that that year there and how they count it for when you get on the ballot. So I would say 2027, 2028. Would you guys agree with that? Well, yeah, uh, Bradshaw retired in 83. He was he got in 89, same with Mel Blunt. Uh, Troy retired in 2014. He made it last, what, or no, 2015. Oh no, he made it in 2020, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but it was delayed. So yeah, it's it's six years from after you retire. Okay. So I thought it was yeah, like I think it's, five I think years. It's five years to hit the ballot. Yeah. And then five if you make it, you go in on the next year. Okay. Like yeah. That. So that's where it confuses me. I know it's five years, but it gets a little hazy there. Um, so speaking of Ben, that was Ben's last game, and we've given him kudos over the last three, four weeks. And we're going to continue to do it because there's a lot of thanks to Ben Roethlisberger. The Steelers lost in the playoffs and they're out and it was embarrassing fashion. So to end this show, I want to ask both of you and I want to ask you in the live chat too. How are you doing? Shannon, how are you doing? Thankfully when the Monday night game in Pittsburgh and they beat Cleveland and you know, that's where I told you I, I did shed tears and, and it was, it was a tough moment, but I, I got a lot of that out of me. And then to, you know, it was all positive, the Ravens game. So last night I was expecting them to lose. You know, I mean, my, my heart tells me, Oh, we have a chance. We got a puncher's chance, but it, in my mind, I couldn't shake the feeling that, you know, this is not going to be close. So I just wanted to see him have a decent game and not to get injured and be able to walk off the field, you know, the last game uh, as healthy as possible um, and under his own terms. You know, I think that that he's, based on a, a statement he released today, I think he's basically, you know, accepting that this is it. And even though he didn't say after the game he's officially retiring, the statement he made uh, this morning sounds like that, that he's accepted it and I think it's time. So, uh, you know, I'm going to miss the heck out of it and, and uh, it's going to be different, but I'll always love the Pittsburgh Steelers. I always root for the Steelers and, um, but he'll always be my quarterback. Uh, Tony, how are you doing? I'm doing great. I mean, I, I, I was glad that he came back for one more year, I thought it was appropriate that, that he went out the way he did in front of fans and kind of made that uh, retirement tour that, that a lot of great athletes make throughout their, you know, throughout history. Uh, it, it would have been sad to see him go out in an empty Heinz field last year, uh, crying with uh, Mark Marquis Pouncey after yeah. that, that miserable loss to the Browns. 
you know, he, he didn't have a great, he didn't look great. There's no question about it. He was not, he was not him. What made him great uh, years earlier, but he did lead several fourth quarter comes comebacks, which was nice to see. Uh, they, they, they did make the playoffs. Uh, he, he did get to play in one last playoff game, which I think guys like him deserve to go out in the postseason. You know, we saw it with Dan Marino many years ago, uh, many others over the years. So uh, I'd rather see him go out the way he did than, than go out uh, last year, you know, or uh, go out sitting on the bench as a backup. I, I, I didn't want to see that either. So I'm glad that they were able to, to kind of do two things at once and, and honor Ben for one final year with, with fans and in, in, in attendance and kind of st- start a rebuild. So I, I was fine with it. The fact that they made the playoffs to me is, is amazing. You know, because you could see from there was no improvement on offense from week one, and, and the defense was so compromised by injury uh, that it wasn't as good as effective as it might have been. So the fact that they made the playoffs to me, anything that happened last night, I wanted them to win, but I, I knew the chances were pretty slim. So anything after week eighteen to me was gravy. And you know, I will say this: that playoff game, even though it's a loss. It means a lot to those rookies, and there's a lot of significant rookies that played in that game. And a playoff, you can uh, you make a big jump from year one to year two, but having playoff experience helps too. Mike O'Malley is stealing my thunder. He said Marino lost worse because I was going to ask you guys if 62 to 7 means anything to you, and that's how Dan Marino went out. Right. And his, his legacy is not tarnished because of it, but – Ben Roethlisberger, the career he had, my gosh, hats off to you. I am doing okay. You know, it's going to be weird not to have Ben in there. True. But there's a part of me that's ready to turn the page and celebrate everything that this man gave the city of Pittsburgh and the team. So I'm fine with it. Um, But I'm, I'm really excited for the future. And I'm not down on the on the future because I know what this organization does. I know this isn't Dan running it, but I have faith in art too as well. So I'm ready to see what happens. It is going to be a very interesting off season. You thought last season was interesting. This is going to be even more interesting this off season. And guess what? You don't have to go away. This isn't Motley crew girl. Just go away. Mad. Just go away. No, girl don't go away mad okay i screwed it up i mean cherry cherry's gonna yell at me because i just screwed up like an 80s classic rock I, man i can't believe i'm calling motley crew classic rock but all i'm saying is yeah i screwed that up but <laughs> girl don't go away mad just go away no it's not that way so guys don't go away ladies don't go away this is btsc we have three original podcast every single day for you we're going to have all of the things that you need on the editorial side as well there's no reason not to check it out there's no reason not to check out jeffrey benedict tomorrow from the cutting room floor there's no reason not to check out the scobro show and there's no reason not to check out the live mic and every other show that's going to come on wednesday thursday friday saturday and back here on monday Shannon White, are you going to be here next week? Yes. Tony Deffier, are you going to be here next week? Absolutely. Unless they finally wise up and fire my sorry butt, I'll be here next week too. (laughs) So with that being said, we love you. We can't do these shows without you. So thank you so much. We need you to do three things. The first thing, Tony, you know it. Give me the fingers. Not that finger, that finger. That's, (laughs) That's good. You got to stay safe. Two, you got to be true to yourself. And three, always be behind the steel curtain. For Shannon White and Tony Defio, my name is Brian Anthony Davis. You can call me bad. And just when you think you've got all the answers, we keep changing the questions. Good night. We love you. The season's over, but Steelers keep on rolling.
Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.